0: Jeff Iafrady, who is your MVP as of today?
1: I'm going to be honest, guys. My MVP is not even on this list.
0: Whoa! I, I, I think,
1: I, it's John ja Morant, I think, to Whoa! me. Whoa! Uh, because, honestly, and let's just...
0: What is going on? I want to welcome you from halfcore for today, Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. I, of course, am your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my guy, Jeff Ifrady. Jeff, how are you doing today?
1: Dude, I'm doing good. we got a good podcast coming today. Ooh, I know. it. I can feel it. You, you know got how you can feel one. it coming? Like today Oh, I feel 100%. It.
0: Uh, but not only that, I'm also joined by, at 6'3", power forward in Marquette, Michigan. He is the man. <laughs> the man who goes insane the man who looks like david blaine it is Troy, Troy how you doing
2: doing good man hey guess <laughs> where i woke up this morning
0: where did you wake up this morning
2: marquette michigan
0: oh did you and then and did then the you drive down to ohio
2: here. yeah back to oh and uh yeah, but it was good to see some friends and family this weekend. So, well, I'll I'm sorry you had to go there. back
0: to Ohio, but not too much yeah. longer. Good thing for you your soul. one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And Troy, uh, Jeff, I want you to know the reason why I do that for Troy every single time because I know it makes him a little uncomfortable, and it makes me happy. So that's why I give Troy the over over rambunctious introduction because it's just not Troy at all. No, I love it. I love. It. I don't know what
1: I'd do if you didn't do it. That's the problem. Yeah, well, 100%. Gotta
0: it's got to be there at this point. But you know what else has to be there? The From Half Court podcast because each and every week, the three of us, the three of us now sit down and talk all things NBA basketball. If you like that, be sure to like this video. Subscribe to the channel and follow all of us on social media. Be sure to also subscribe to Jeff Iafrady's channel as well. Content coming there soon as well. But with that, boys, there's a lot of NBA basketball to dig into and we gotta start with a player that Jeff, Troy, the three of us all said, Yeah, we gotta talk about this guy. And the player of the week, Jeff, who is it?
1: It's Marvin Bagley the third. I mean, guys, it's oh,
0: Marvin it, Bagley the third. It, man. And let
1: me just say this when we traded for this man for a couple of potato chips, and that's with all due respect to Josh Jackson. I actually like Josh Jackson, but we stole this man out of Sacramento mm-hmm. and he's playing well. Over the last 10 games, he's given you 16 and 7. Obviously, those are career-high numbers. But still, like the the fact is he's found a great role here in Detroit and a great, solid building foundation piece for this young core. So I'm excited. It's been great.
0: Yeah, 100%. Troy, what what have you seen from Marvin Bagley in his time in Detroit so far? And what do you think about his game? This has been such a good fit for the Pistons.
2: Absolutely. I think raw post-movability right down, down in the key when he gets to the block. Uh, that's an area of his game that I think has already developed since his time in Sacramento. Uh, he's a guy that truly can contribute on the offensive end as much as the defensive end. But what we're seeing on the offensive end, I think, is just your kind of your traditional four, right? I mean, he truly is playing a traditional four right now. And um, I just think he's an incredible spark to have on this team. And uh, again, uh, a couple of potato chips for Margie Bagley, the uh, third, we definitely <laughs> came out on top and I love, uh, I love right here. I mean, the leaping ability. I mean, that's another thing that's impressive too is that, you know, a guy like Cade, who can facilitate the court, when he's able to throw it up there, Bagley can catch it, right? And I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any guy on this team besides. Bagley that can catch some of those lobs that Cade throws up there, and what that really um, does for you know a defense becomes a nightmare, right? It, of of Cade putting it that high and really there's no defense that can stop it. Well, it's not even just
0: Cade; it's it's any guard that's around yeah. him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like primarily yeah. we see the lobs of Cade; those are the highlight yeah. ones. But like it's all th- it's Corey, it's it's C- it's Killian, mm-hmm. it's Cade, mm-hmm. it's whoever's handling the ball at that given time, yeah. and and it's just uh, it's the other thing too of like. I think having no expectations and just having the freedom to do what he's good at and to just focus on that has really freed him up, especially like he's and, and when he's making threes for us now, it's like they're good open shots. They're actually like a right basketball play. And you could just tell he's comfortable. He has a good relationship with everybody in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But like the more I watch Marvin Bagley, the third play, the more I wonder, how in the world a franchise didn't make him work? Right. Yeah, and you know it's confidence I
1: mean? too. It really is confidence. I think it's mostly yeah. confidence because the organization prior Sacramento failed to give him that at all. They didn't believe mm-hmm. him at honestly after they drafted him. He had his rookie season, and after that, you started seeing the belief slowly starts being sucked out of Marvin. Around it felt Sacramento. like it was
0: gone right away it, once it, they realized he wasn't Luca.
1: That, th- right. That's the problem. Your expectations for Marvin Bagley coming out—that's the issue.
2: And no purpose for playing those games either, right? I mean, they were stuck in no man's land as a franchise. Okay. Like, like there was no purpose for him to even go out and try to compete like a guy like Luka um, because of the franchise he was playing for.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And now to be in a situation, you know, like, like going into the year where Marvin Bagley's dad is like, get this man out of Sacramento. We, free us, please. Like, anybody yeah. will, like, just take us. And Detroit's like, Come on over, but mm-hmm. let's see what, let's yep. see what we can do. him. especially with the guards that they have or that they had in yeah. Sacramento. It's like, to me, it's just a wonder of like, okay, if they really just adjusted how he played, really committed to him, like gave him the minutes and the opportunity to shine. Yeah. It really could have been something, but you know what? In Detroit going forward, he's going to be a big piece of what we're doing. I, I, I think, I think if, if he keeps playing this way and then he just keeps adding to his game, I think he could see himself being a core piece in Detroit going forward. Like and one thing I think he, he has one, that kind of talent. Go ahead, Jeff.
1: No, one thing I did want to add to is besides the confidence, he was such a great fit. Like we were missing someone like Marvin Bagley, at least like you said, a traditional four mm-hmm. that can come in. He could be a lob threat right away. And you saw that immediately. And he does so many other things. Like Troy mentioned His off what he brings offensively. Like, yes, he's not the greatest, at least defender post defender, but besides that, what we're lacking was what Marvin brought. And yeah. I think that confidence with fit, you're seeing it right before your eyes. Like, whether I don't know why he didn't get that in Sacramento, they're on a very good basketball mm-hmm. team as it is. You could have easily ran your offense through Marvin Bagley and gave them, the, you know, at least the confidence mm-hmm. early on. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and, man, yeah, Troy the Darren Fox
0: Marvin Bagley connection to me just seems like a no brainer. But yeah, I mean, hey, I guess why have the more athleticism when you can have DeMontis Sabonis down in the paint, right? <laughs> Talk about a lob threat. Oh,
1: uh,
2: yeah.
0: Uh huh. But
1: so uh. much impatience, man, with that organization. It really has. Oh, like, we talk, when the move f- first got announced, we had this. We, I think we had this talked about this, Sean. Like, yeah, at least Sabonis, you know, he's a great player. You know what you're getting. But was it partially because you're impatient trading away Tyrese Halliburton? Yes. Like, that is, it's all impatient. Like, you're you really. Mm-hmm. You have a guy in front of you who arguably mm-hmm. is more important as of right now. Him and De'Aaron Fox are pretty neck and neck, and then you just trade him away for like. I mean, you can even argue. I mean, I'm not going to call it potato chips, but it, it's uh, it's a you know salt and vinegar chips. We'll call it. You know yeah. something sweet. <laughs> something sweet. I like. I like when I'm getting in Sabonis. But come on, guys. Like he's a finished product. You know mm-hmm. what you're getting in Sabonis. Tyrese is just hitting his, his strides. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. you guys are, well, in
0: whatever, addition, whatever, I think whatever. what you're seeing as well is. Sabonis might be one of those, Sabonis might be one of those guys that thrives in good, in good cultures. And then when he goes to situations, like we're already seeing Demonte Sabonis, like, <laughs> like struggling in Sacramento and like, He's already been adamant like I'm not sure I'm going to commit to the long term yet. Like there's things he wants to see the organization do before he makes that commitment and quite frankly I don't blame him. I of wouldn't course. Want-
2: of course. Well, here's the thing about Sabonis. I mean, he truly could be a third a third option on a contender, right? Absolutely. Why would he waste his time in Sacramento during I guess like like Jeff said a finished piece his prime. Let's call it how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And one thing that you didn't even mention either is why would you take a risk? You, you know what you're getting. And the risks are when you trade for a star. You know it. You get a mm-hmm. guy. You don't even know if he's committed or not. Sabonis. I, I honestly get. I, I would give him credit if he walked right out. He's like, "You guys aren't going to win. I'm out of here." That's not his fault. That's Sacramento. You traded away a guy you drafted and wanted yeah. to be here. The guy cried yep. when he got drafted. Well, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people do cry. But that was if you're crying because you're leaving Sacramento. Bro, right. come on, guys. You, you like, that, the, like that. There's an issue there. Right. There's an but, issue there.
0: But on Detroit's side, I can't help every time I watch Marvin Bagley the third play. I cannot help but think about the lineups where we have Cade Cunningham on the floor with Marvin Bagley the third and say Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith Jr. Like, what do you like do? that's the thing. Like we're right now, we're seeing the foundation and the groundwork of what Marvin Bagley can do. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that Detroit as a whole is not done. We are no. not a finished product. And so just imagine when he's out there with all-star level Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, yeah. Marvin, like Marvin Bagley and the Jabari Smith or Jalen, or even Jay Ivy. man. Like there's just there's just a lot of reason to be optimistic. And they love him in Detroit. And he loves it. He loves the city back. So there's just a lot of reason to really look at it. And like uh one of my guys, Cone on Twitter, three Cone, be sure to check him out on YouTube as well. He brought up the fact that this might be the steal of the trade deadline, which is saying something because the Tyrese Halliburton trade right, happened right. At, the, at the deadline. But this truly could be the steal of the deadline. Yeah. And Considering my, what
1: think, they gave away. Considering uh-huh. what they gave
0: away. Yeah, exactly. All we gave away was two first round, I mean two second round picks that were not ours. And then Trey Wiles, darn, and Josh Jackson wasn't staying here either, either. Wasn't <laughs> staying <laughs> anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'd see that as an absolute win. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I I'm absolutely thrilled about that. So Marvin Bagley definitely was the player of the week, and he's going to be having a lot more opportunity because Jeremy Grant Jeremy Grant announced today by uh you know beat writers alike and everyone he will not be playing for the rest of the season due to that calf strain that he suffered over the weekend so guys it's time we are in the sweep six we're in the final games welcome to the tankathon! tankathon 2022 brought to you by no sponsor yet but it could uh, guys <laughs> as we're on as we're on the road to tank them what are some names you want to see start for the pistons down the stretch i mean obviously i know Cade cunningham will probably start some games i know marvin bagley is probably going to fill in but damn it give me some wild ones throw me some bones in there
2: yeah Ooh. i'll give you the biggest bone of them all sean luca garza yes
0: <laughs> Give me a forty-minute Luca Garza night,
2: please. <laughs> Seriously, though, I mean, we saw we saw p- p- uh, hints of that back in December. Remember with the COVID games, um, mm-hmm. and and he was putting up. I want to say at least one double double against the Spurs.
0: Yeah, but um, he was going up against COVID game centers, like
2: it was- right? But still, no, nonetheless, yeah. that that's that's good production at least. It at is, least yeah. his confidence and and whatever. So he's a guy I'd love to see down the stretch, but. With with speaking of the Jeremy Grant thing, I, I think as far as in our rotation and in our, our future guys, um, Marvin Bagley and Sadiq Bay are the two that I am most looking forward to finishing up the season, uh, mm-hmm. especially with uh, an injured Jeremy Grant.
1: Yeah, you hit it right on the head. I was actually gonna say, uh, especially, I mean, besides Kate Cunningham solidifying his rookie of the year case. So when we could talk mm-hmm. about Sadiq Bay, <laughs> I think Sadiq Bay for me, more consistency is important, but more than that, I think Jeremy Grant, I mean, he could have played his last game in a Pistons uniform. and We don't know. Yeah, it's, right. it's very well cut up. That is true. So that's probably the most interesting piece of this puzzle to see where he falls, but yeah, it's probably Sadiq Bay and Marvin Bagley. I mean, you're getting Marvin Bagley right now, getting the most out of the opportunities he's gotten. I mean, you had Stewart go down for a game or two. Marvin Bagley stepped right up. Now you're having Jeremy Grant out. Guess who's stepping right back up? Marvin Bagley. So he's probably a top of a lot of Pistons fans' list, no doubt. Marvin Bagley, Sadiq Bay. I mean, you know what you're getting out of Cade Cunningham. We, we know that. Maybe Actually, I'll give you an underrated one killian hayes i want okay. to see killian hayes get more opportunities but Boys, other than that i'm good I'm,
0: di- I'm disappointed i was expecting i wanted you to pull some deeper cuts where's my jamarco pickett hype where's my saban League simps in the chat give me okay. hype, man as,
1: as much as i like those play i like jamarco pickett <laughs> I, I really do but i mean does it exactly excite you to tune into is, an nba is game is jamarco pickett a part of the future i don't know no. Like, I would love to see Jamarco Pickett out there. He stepped in a, a couple games ago. He came in, hit a three-pointer, and left. I'm like, all right, I'll uh-huh. take hey, Jamarco
0: hey, good, Pickett. Yeah, good bet. Good job. I'll never
2: forget. I'll never forget uh this past summer um when someone commented on I think uh the Motor City Cruises, you know, roster, whenever whenever they announced their official roster. And someone was like, Can't wait to see what Pickett can. Produced this season, and someone commented, Yeah, me too. Isaiah Livers is my guy, or something like that. It's I was just... gonna say, Livers, man. And now he's we didn't even mention him. That's probably the most. Or no, guy. I'm sorry. Uh, Isaiah, I'm excited to see what I li- Isaiah Livers can do, too. So, yeah, just like he's someone that's not existent. Like, no well, one cares about.
1: No, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Livers. At least right now, you saw the hype around Livers when he stepped in. He was hitting some. Uh, he was stroking that thing from downtown. I was like, uh-huh. okay, another second round gem we found. We uh-huh. got, Sabanley, you got, mm-hmm. you got uh, Isaiah Livers. I'll, actually, I'll add the Livers on that list. He's been playing good. You saw the shootout he did with uh, Isaiah Thomas, right?
0: Oh, yeah. That was I great. Mean, come on, he, he beat
1: Isaiah, he, I mean, if you don't beat Isaiah Thomas in the shooting competition, I got to give you some credit there. I mean, Thomas, yeah, he's in a suit and he's also, you know, 50 years old. But still, Isaiah, mm-hmm. the, that's impressive. Yeah, I, I want to see more Livers. That's definitely one of mine as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. And as, as the season winds down, we're definitely going to have a lot of time to see a lot of these guys finish these games. But another thing that we're going to be seeing as the season winds down is uh, some key award races being finished up. Now, one is uh, we did a video, Jeff, that will have released as of this recording on Tuesday. You'll want to check that out here as well. Uh, talking about the rookie of the year race, it's got to be Kate Cunningham. It really does. I, I really think it's going to be Evan Mobley. I'm preparing myself mentally because I just, I, I truly think people are just going to go off of the early season success. Um, I There's not a consistent way that people think about each award. And that's what bothers me about this award so much. But guys, what what have you thought of the rest of the rookie of the, of, of the slate of rookies and what about this award? You think will be the most shameful that it won't be in Cade Cunningham's trophy
2: case? Right, right. I'll and go first go sure. with that. Yeah. Um. I think one rookie. Uh. I guess you've talked about a little bit. One of the rookies have impressed you. Uh. Franz Wagner, man. I I, I really yeah. really gotta say I've really been impressed with him. Of course, you know Barnes and Giddy and you know Mobley and Cunningham. We all know those names. But Franz, man, he's really really I think impacted that Magic team, and I think they're indefinite. Like extreme tank mode, and I think they're even behind us in the rebuilding process. But way behind us, way behind us, yeah. And um, I think he's a guy that that at least they can hold on to him moving forward with. And um, I guess I at least there's a small little bright crack in the tunnel of uh, of Magic fans with him. So yeah, you have to be one.
0: I'm curious to see what his future is going to be because, like, I think he's a player where his floor and his ceiling is very close together. Because I don't see Franz Wagner becoming this, like, athletic freak of nature. It's not right. like he's going to, like, be able to hit his shots at a more consistent rate. He's already hitting them at a pretty great rate. So, like, I'm just curious to see what he's going to be, like, five years down the line. I, 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 He could totally be, like, you know, like uh, another guy like Chris Duarte. Like a guy who's, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, there, there are guys that just come into the league and it's, like, oh, that's just who they are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? so absolutely I yeah agree. And, and i think wagner could be one of those guys but if that's what he is it's a pretty darn good player to have exactly in your brain, guys. exactly 100 uh jeff what about you
1: uh in terms of rookie of the only two guys i'm worried about right now i mean you have your your josh we brought up josh Giddy earlier i know you just brought up Quis Dor- uh, Duarte and then you just brought up as well um franz wagner which is all great great mentions <laughs> honorable mentions yeah. mm-hmm. but Let's look at the facts here. We're competing at least Cade Cunningham, you're competing with Evan Mobley. You're competing with Scotty Barnes. Right now, the most my my favorite rookie you're watching, this isn't me just being a, a salty Pistons fan, but I like Scotty Barnes. Uh, Evan mm-hmm. Mobley's impressive, but Scotty gives me Giannis vibes. He yeah. really does. And I know they're they're built different, but similar in the fact that six nine and people forget Giannis was running point guard for a bit. Like like this guy has that in him. He's obviously running their offense helping out, and he's been so impressive. His versatility, like you mentioned earlier, Sean. And I think he's that would be another guy. Yes. He has better players around him, but in terms of impacting winning, like Scotty Barnes is definitely up there for me.
0: Yeah. It's, it's scary. Scotty Barnes, the way that he plays basketball, it's almost like, it's almost like magic Johnson type playmaking, like, like, you know, like size guard. And then, Mm -hmm. and then like, just throw in the Giannis like athleticism. So like the ceiling for him, it's easy to see why his ceiling is going to be huge because oh my god he's terrifying now like you know he he's gonna have to develop a more consistent outside shot i mean especially in toronto like you know part of it is like they're all trying to drive into the lane they all need to be versatile shooters like that's kind of a big part of their system and he's like right. he's hit it at a rate that like at, like better than people like expected him to do but like it wasn't anything that like anything that's like gonna be like oh this sets an indicator where he's at right. so and
1: I, and I think if anybody's shown us that you don't you need a shot, but you don't need at least look at Giannis. He's developed a shot, but you could still be dominant in the NBA without a shot. I mean, yes, you can get exposed, but you could still be a great player. And I think Scotty's on track to do just that. Same with Emmy Mobley. They're all gonna be
0: great players.
2: And I think oh, Scotty's athleticism to me, his athleticism to me is the most important thing, I think, to his game moving forward because he has that kind of freak kind of kind of kind of talent with, with yeah. his athleticism and uh, especially if he can facilitate the ball a little more too. Um, yeah, I, I, am definitely scared for what the league could look like with Scott. Well, well, we'll even have like rule. Nick
0: nurse in his corner and then, uh, and then a like seeing like when, like when he knows that it's time to cash in on that roster, like, you know, that like, he's going to make a move that like, that's going to immediately put them in contention when it's time. And it's <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Like I. Like, again, I just think of the moves that Troy Weaver is going to make, not just this season, but like this, like next year beyond, like, you know, it's just, yeah, man, there's going to be a lot of crazy things that are going to happen from that. Even, uh, you got me even more curious after our Ash and the trainer interview, for sure. I'm not going to lie for sure.
2: And I guess your part two to the question, Sean, of what, what infuriates me the most about, uh, the rookie of the race a uh, rookie of the year race coming up is I think just how quickly Cleveland was able to do their rebuild. Like it seriously is frustrating of how quick they were able to rebuild. With I mean, it was quickly.
0: about four or five years. I mean, it was like, I, I like the one thing they did have was it kind of overnight looked a lot better, but like they, they pretty much started rebuilding right as LeBron left. Like they, had they never hit
2: rock bottom. I think is what I'm getting at. They're yeah. damn near rock bottom. Yeah, but they no, hit I him. get, but I get yeah. your point.
1: I, you, they they hit on obviously they got they got Sexton, they got Garland, they got Isaac Okoro, and then they just got Evan Mobley. So they kind of right. built that foundation. I get what you're yeah. saying, and yeah. they once they piece it all together, they got JB, Bick, they got a good coach, so.
2: exactly. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, you ain't wrong. Hopefully, we're on that same projection next one or two years. We should be. Yeah, right
0: back. I mean, hey, all I'm saying with the the we <coughs> we we definitely hit rock bottom, but we're rising up pretty quickly, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Detroit's coming up another race that is uh, that has been absolutely uh, let's just say terrifying to watch has been the MVP race. Now uh Stat muse did a post showing what the uh, MVP arguments would be for the top six candidates. And the crazy thing is that it's like top six candidates. And then there's two names that you, that, that are missing where it's like, Oh, how are they not on here? It's so, like they have Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Luka Doncic. Where's John Morant? Where's Demar Derozan? Like right right off the bat, like those are the guys that are missing off here. But like all of these names make sense. Now, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, My current name that sticks out here for me, I'm gonna start. I think Jason Tatum should be the MVP. I think the Boston Celtics at the beginning of the year uh, really hit a low and and there was the uh, the team meetings that they had. There was market. There was uh, Marcus Smart publicly calling out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown saying that they need to they need to affect winning. They need to pass more Um, and there was a real question to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If that duo in Boston could work fast forward to today and the Boston Celtics are the number one seed in the Eastern conference.
2: <laughs>
0: they have the best record in the East, best yeah. point differential in the East. They uh, they are the number one defense in the league. He leads the league in total points, leads the league in plus minus minus. And he's averaging 27 and eight and like all the 50 point games he's had, how young he is. He's getting it done on both ends of the floor, but also just the maturity and the story of the arc, the season that Jason Tatum has had. In my opinion, we're watching Jason Tatum go from an all-star to a superstar. I think you could make a legitimate argument that Jason Tatum is a top five player in the world. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just think he deserves. I think he deserves the MVP trophy because of what Boston was and and how he got them out of that situation. So, um, Jeff, you you went last last time. I want you to go next. You're looking at all these cases we have right here, Jeff Iafrady, Who is your MVP as of today?
1: I'm going to be honest, guys. My MVP is not even on this list. Whoa! I, I, I think it's John Morant, I think, to Whoa! me. Because, honestly, and let's just look at it like this. In a vacuum, all right? Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, their biggest arguments is what? The team around them, right? Okay. So, John Morant, and I get Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. They got pieces. Great pieces. Hmm? Steven Adams, another one, honorable mention. No, at, at least right now, for John Morant to have the second seed in the West – only behind the Phoenix Suns, who clearly are the best team in the entire league right now. And what they're doing without Chris Paul, I think Devin Booker deserves some love. But the Eastern Conference is much more closer. And I get this Jason Tatum argument. I mean, Giannis, you, you kind of can make a case for him. But John Moran has more wins than all of them with arguably a, a worse team. So listen, the guy's a freak. He's a highlight reel. I mean, I get all that. But in terms of impact on the floor, I've I've been Nikola Jokic for the longest time, but I, I just can't give an MVP, obviously, to a six seed. This isn't Russell Westbrook, guys. Like, Russell Westbrook had the triple-double season. You had to give him the award. But this season, wins matter. And for Memphis, nobody expected them to be where they are. That's the biggest thing. And John Morant's a big reason for that. So give me John Morant as my MVP.
0: John Morant has really established himself as a Allen Iverson-esque player.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And the fact that he got to a point where Allen Iverson himself is making the comparison—that's when you know. And and you know, it's it's just—it's hard for me to disagree with that man because I
1: think he leads the entire league. If I'm, I don't know if this is exactly right, but he leads the entire league in paint scoring the uh, or point score in the paint. So. I, I get he's obviously more of an interior scorer, mm-hmm. but like that's mm-hmm. an impre- the guy's getting buckets. Like no mm-hmm. one can doubt that. So uh, and, and I wouldn't have a problem. Obviously, no one's in the front, you know, head of this race, but John Morant, man, you can't look at him and, and overlook. I get it's Memphis, but I kind of feel that in a way. Because right. Detroit is over over always overlooked, and you gotta look at it like that as well. Like Memphis, why is nobody talking about John Morant? Why the hell is he not in this argument? He's playing every game this season. Right. Get out of here. Well, well,
0: that's not true. Or the,
1: most games this season. Sorry, he's yeah, missed about 10 I was going to say he, he had a
0: few scary injuries. Or I remember yes. going. He had
1: the knee injury; it tweaked him out. It tweaked uh-huh. his knee. But mm-hmm. besides that, I mean, if you want to discount him for missing a couple games, go ahead. But John Morant, for a long time, he's kind of been like third, fourth on my list. I, I, I can't. I, I really can't. I can't yeah. lean to Yo- Nikola Jokic right now. I'm, I'm sticking re- it to John Morant.
0: I really can't blame you, and Troy. No. <laughs> Troy, who is your MVP as of today?
2: Just want to say, I strongly respect Jeff's argument from Rant. I've been high on him all of our podcasts, Sean. So he's definitely one that uh, I think should definitely be in this conversation, too. And, you know, I'm a high guy and I'm beat as well, but I am not going to pick him today. I will quote my my boy Vince Lombardi on this one. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. When I look at these six guys, there's only one that is a hungry champion on that list, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. 30, 12, and 6 on 55% shooting guys. The fact that he is top three in defensive argument, too, for defensive player of the year. The fact that he is a guy that is looking almost better than last season this season after what we saw him do last season we cannot forget about Giannis I when you think of most valuable player a guy that truly is most valuable impacts his team I I love every guy on this list this this league is so deep this year deeper than any year I can remember but it it's got to go to Giannis guys
0: well, if you're going off of this list and just looking at each player, if you were to take them off of their roster, which team would be the worst?
1: Oh, the Mavericks. No question. Uh, I Boston the, nuggets. You, though.
0: I, I... the Nuggets without without MPJ or Murray are hey, at terrible. Least they
1: got, I mean, listen, Aaron Gordon is not the best, but Luca off the Mavericks, you got Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, that's your own That's your number one option, right
0: there. Yeah, and and Spe- Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie in Dallas is goat mode. He's like, <laughs> well, Steve yeah. Nash he's reincarnated. Been,
1: he's, he's been hitting game winners. I get all of that, but and Nikola Jokic actually he's been significantly probably win that argument.
0: better statistically too. Like he's been like an entirely different player in Dallas than Washington. Turns out another dog <laughs> franchise. Who would have thought? <laughs> but I, I don't blame man. But like I, it's like, then I go, but Jokic because he's he's insane. You know, he he might be the he might be one of the best big men we've ever seen in this game. Uh Joel Embiid, the it's weird. Ever since ever since James Harden went to Philly, it seems like Philly's momentum has died down. Unfortunately. Like, it's it's it hasn't been as smooth as everyone thought it was, and I think I think next year is really gonna have to be their goal for winning a championship i don't think the philly's gonna get it done this year
1: and i think what, if a race is this close and this is why I, I i had to show some love to my guy Ja, like this is the problem you have to look at games played and that's a big thing like you got to have the most healthy guy if you're looking at all these guys and it does disqualify a couple guys especially john morant but nicola Jokic, like to your point he's been the most consistent all year like for a team that lost like it says out right there on the stat didn't have murray didn't have michael porter jr like you can realistically make a case for Giannis as well. If you're talking about both sides of the basketball, that that's most valuable. So he could win right. it. like it it's tough. Like honestly, yeah. that's why i I was on Jokic all year. I just I really want something new. I think Ja was yeah. bringing that excitement to the MVP award. You someone new, you got Ja Morant, but yeah, Giannis and Nicola to me right now, like besides Ja, obviously my personal favorite, those guys either one. I don't I don't I'm not on the Joel M B train. I never yeah. I never was. As soon as they traded for James Harden, I knew at least his mvp odds how do you argue a guy for like jo- joel embiid when you have a guy like james harden playing and he's so valuable to that what they do offensively in terms of his right. playmaking like you're just going to discount james harden like no so yeah Nicole jokic or giannis if i had to bet money those two guys i'm going with no doubt it's going to be one of the uh, two former mvps no doubt about it
0: yeah i you know i i i and it's crazy because devin booker it, it's almost been like, it's almost been like this week we've all been like, oh, yeah, he probably should be in the conversation for MVP because people it's like he, he's, he's been a guy that's been doing what he's been doing consistently for years. And people I didn't really start paying attention until they started winning. But obviously people were like, oh, well, yes, Chris Paul. So mm-hmm. it's it's got to be because of Chris Paul. Well, no. Like Devin Booker's a winner in this league now. Like 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 the switch, it was the switch has flipped. Right. That team Absolutely. is that team is different. They uh I I saw something crazy that that they're undefeated when they're leading going into the fourth quarter this season. Like They're my it, pick to win
1: it. Oh, they're, they're my
0: it. pick to win it. Absolutely. Phoenix is getting retribution this year. I yes, just they're... I but you know it, we got to talk at some point about devin booker being mvp eventually because i mean look at this i mean a guy who's who's uh he he's it's his 10th 25 5 and 5 uh it's it's only the 10th 25 5 and 5 season with an 800 record ever and 8 of the previous 9 won mvp
1: and you know what's ridiculous also about what one of the statistics they have written down is that 28 5 and 7 on 50 40 90 without cp so you're telling me when Chris Paul's not in the game and all the defensive attention goes to Devin Booker, he gets better. Like it doesn't make yeah. no sense to me. That's well, why I like, started giving him some flowers.
0: And like to be as like gutsy of a score he is and how efficient he is to be a 50, 40, 90 guy without Chris Paul. That's
2: nuts. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Chris Paul, he's back. He's and- back. And uh, I think, again, I, I don't think he's going to really need a lot of time of getting back in the swing of things. I think he's, he's ready to play. And not only is he ready to play, but I think he's ready to do, uh, compete for a championship.
0: You guys know a report I saw right before I hopped on this? What is that? There are reports saying that Paul George could return as soon as tomorrow. As of recording, he could have made his return. Paul George might be returning to the lineup. And not just Paul George. There's rumors that Kawhi Leonard is working too. Wow. Imagine if the Cl- the Los Angeles Clippers at playoff the 11th P? hour bring back Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy, fresh, ready to go for a playoff run. What if the Los Angeles Clippers have been playing the long game this whole time? And go out and win a championship.
2: It would almost feel like a punch in the face for us who have been analyzing the game all season long, making bold predictions. <laughs> what about to the guys? What, what, what about
1: to the teams that were playing all year? And then they just get smacked in the moth by, they come back in the Clippers. In the moth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. oh, by the
1: Clippers. Like, what the hell, man? I, I, well, like, I, really, I don't think, I, something in my heart tells me that, are they really going to rush Kawhi Leonard back on a season like this? Like, are they going to force him to play with any If you injury? could
2: get a championship? Course, I don't
1: think. Listen, yeah, of course. if you can get a championship,
2: yes, <laughs>
1: I don't think that roster. I'm gonna be honest with you, is when they come back, you're gonna rush them. We're about to start the postseason, and now we're all all of a sudden, all oh, everything's gonna just stick together, and everyone's just gonna start playing great basketball.
0: Hey, listen, any other roster, I would say I absolutely agree with you, however, it's Kawhi Leonard,
1: but you also got playoff P.
0: I mean, playoff. Playoff P last year, that's bullshit. Last year, Paul George was awesome. Yeah, he was. The year like, prior, like really, that, is where the nickname Yeah, to... like, you know, that one playoff run where all the pressure was on him when they got to the Western <laughs> Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history, Jeff? Yeah, Come on.
1: that's the same guy.
0: So, you know what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking no i like God. i like paul george a lot i just like giving him crap ever since that name came out i thought it was the most hilarious thing ever giving him playoff b i think they're oh, a dangerous yeah. team no doubt you can get two wing guys like that immediately i mean who who else in the west yeah obviously we talk about phoenix but besides them i mean I mentioned memphis but they can beat memphis so it's like and they're still a contender no doubt about it
0: yeah 100 and memphis would be the youngest team in the history of the league to make it to the nba finals they don't have a player over 28 years old Wow. That is you, crazy. You. So this playoff this playoff is, is just getting started. We're about uh two and a half weeks away. Uh we're gonna definitely do a do a playoff bracket challenge group on NBA.com, So be on we'll the lookout that. for that. We'll uh that's that. something uh Jeff, have you ever done those brackets? Those are my yes. jam. Yeah, those are like, a lot of I, fun. screw march madness. This is my bracket.
1: Yeah, hundred uh-huh. percent. Hundred percent, way way more predictable at least because then you kind of get an idea. March Madness, man, St. Peter's—it's
0: literally just a luck game at at that point. Whereas this, it's like you know, it's like all right, will Utah win in five or will they win in six? That's the real genius game right there.
2: But I would argue this year, guys. This year, there's going to be some
0: upsets. It's tough
2: oh.
1: this year, especially in the, I think in the East too, like the East is going to be ridiculous. Like so, it really is.
0: So how about we do a check-in? How about let's, let's look at the standings as of right now. Like if the season were to end today, let's look at where we're at. Okay. So let me pull it up right here. So if the season were to end today, currently the top of the standings, we would have Phoenix, Phoenix, and Boston, both at the top of their conferences, um, but also there we go. Um, we would have, uh, we would have. Uh, Memphis would be the second seed, uh, and then in the play-in, we would have Cleveland versus Charlotte. We would have Brooklyn versus Atlanta. Brooklyn is currently that ninth seed, and then the Lakers blew that twenty-plus point lead to the new orleans pelicans last night and that's the other story that we have to talk about ladies and gentlemen i we talked about how we weren't going to bring up lebron james and the los angeles lakers for the rest of this season because they weren't worth they weren't worth talking about however it got a little more interesting and i i would be remiss if i didn't at least temporarily lift the ban because guys it's not just the fact that they blew another lead they've done that all year
1: yeah absolutely. it's the Lake,
0: it's the lakers way but it's also the fact that lebron james injures his ankle again and guys i don't know if you've seen the lakers schedule going down the stretch oh it's brutal it is beyond brutal and the spurs are right on their ankles. Wow. And the Los Angeles Lakers for the rest of the season, here's their, here's their schedule. And mind you, we don't know how many of these games LeBron will play at Dallas, at Utah, at home versus new Orleans at home versus Denver at Phoenix at golden state at home versus Oklahoma city. At Denver. Like it is the top of the top and maybe one game you're supposed to win the thunder game. And maybe you
2: only, you only walk away with two or three of those wins. Like seriously.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Even with LeBron on the court. Right. Yeah. And like, like, you know, you would hope (laughs) that they would try and really get that win against the Pelicans, but shit, they had, they were supposed to the other night.
1: And that's the problem. Like right now with LeBron, and that's you saw it all season—the workload increase—and obviously that's where injuries start to pop out. Like LeBron's giving mm-hmm. you thirty-eight and six in his effing nineteenth season. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing, he's doing things that are unprecedented. And and with that, yes, it's impressive, but they haven't been winning games, and and that's kind of the issue. The Lakers have been very underwhelming this season. I mean, you could blame Russell Westbrook, you can blame whoever you want, Frank Vogel. I don't give a damn. But when you're watching the Lakers, it is depressing. I mean, they got they got snails out there on the perimeter playing defense. Like, nobody can stay with their guy. It doesn't even matter. You can look at LeBron all you want not play on the other side of the ball. Um, he's, he's stat patterned. He, he really is. I like LeBron a whole lot. But yeah, at this point, you're like, dude, just go out and have a career year, and he's doing just that. Like, I, the mm-hmm. Lakers, I haven't even – there's a reason why no one's really been talking about him unless LeBron had the 60-point night. Like, really, no one's talking about the Lakers. It's, right. It's sad to say. I mean, considering yeah. where they were years ago, but it is what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would argue that we're just seeing the continuation of the dysfunction of the Lakers franchise. It's like yeah. the the, great, the greatness of the Lakers can get, can bring them at least a championship every decade. Plus, however, like it's injuries, but also the construction of that roster was just asking for injuries. Like, you know, like yeah. I, just the, the foundation of building upon Anthony Davis is a literal prayer that he's going to make it to the offseason healthy. Or that he's going to make it to the postseason healthy, and you know it's 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 tough because injuries they can just end your season just like that. I mean, another another situation we're seeing the Boston Celtics—they are just they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They got to be feeling great, and then they and then they hear uh, that Robert Williams the third suffers a meniscus tear and he's going to be out for several weeks at the minimum, and they're not wanting to rule him out for the for the rest of the year. I'll go ahead and do it for him. Robert Williams is out rest of the year. You
2: heard it here first.
0: Woj bomb. Boom.
2: Sean, well, we'll see him in the playoffs, right, Sean?
0: We're not going to see him in the playoffs, no, because they, they because for one, that's their defensive anchor. Like in the interior, outside of Robert Williams, the third, they are weak on the interior. Like they're not bad, they are weak. Um, they had Enos Freedom. I mean, he's gone. I mean, he, you know, you know how good he was that they didn't even keep him on the roster. Yeah, but that, but if if a meniscus tear is no joke, and so it's really just going to depend on when he can heal from it. But I but guys, I don't see it. I don't see a scenario. I mean, the the only, I mean, the only thing like, thank goodness they uh they got they got Daniel Tice back, they have Al Horford again. But like outside of that, I mean. You, you would hope he would be ready to go by like the second round or the conference finals, but like, are you going to make it that far without him?
1: Yeah, especially if you're going against guys like Embiid, not to mention Giannis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got mm-hmm. Lam out of bio, like, you can go down the whole list. So, interior defense is definitely going to be important for them. And you mentioned it Al Horford, Daniel Tice. What do those guys bring or don't bring rather that Robert Williams brings? It's if that your interior, interior
0: defense, defense is, it's Daniel Tice and Al Horford in 2022. You're you're straight. Like, holy like God, like, geez, man. Sean, you
1: might have a higher vertical than both those guys. Like at this point, Dude, in your career, with, this
0: with point. my chalked knee, the sad part is you <laughs> might be right. That's sad. It, yeah, they, they, oh my gosh, watching Al Horford jump. Jesus Christ! But I guess time. we
2: have an opportunity to see what Tatum's really made of, right?
0: I mean, we do, but like, yeah, I mean, he's Superman, but he's going up against a ton of other Supermen. Like he's yeah. going up, like, <laughs> like it. the Brooklyn Nets are back, y'all. Yeah,
2: they're mm-hmm. back.
0: They've won seven. They they're seven and two in their last nine. Kyrie, Kyrie. Irving made his return. Yeah. Obviously, even though they they lost to the Charlotte Hornets, it just seems like the Hornets. Uh, they always
1: yeah. come out with shots.
0: Yeah, they, they, they play their best basketball against the against the top talent of the league. But listen, we're about to see Kyrie Irving play in Detroit. And that will already have happened when this episode's out. I think he could be he could drop a forty bomb against Detroit at home. Like this, like I think he wants a forty bomb in Brooklyn. And this yeah. could be a candidate where Kyrie Irving could have a crazy game scoring wise.
1: Yeah, especially coming off a game like he had against Charlotte, where they mm-hmm. couldn't shoot the ball, they're they're both due for a game, man. Oh, one hundred percent. And of course, to our sweet luck, it's against the Pistons. Help us mm-hmm. out with the lottery, and uh, kids, man, Killian Hayes, I want to see that matchup. Killian yeah. Hayes on Kyrie Irving, yeah. I can't wait for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: one hundred percent. We might see a little Stanley Johnson on LeBron in twenty sixteen. Come to again, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I, I still am not used to the fact that those guys are teammates. I just, I, I'm in denial on it and I will always will be. If but, the Lakers
1: but, are that bought in on Stanley Johnson, you know, you got issues like, the, uh, like huh? Lee, Stanley Johnson. They're, he's their best perimeter defender. You're our, no dude. That that That's like 31 other teams in want him. 29 other teams. They'll, they'll that is facts.
0: Them. Now, Hold before that. we get into uh, <laughs> now we, now we, before we take a journey to from Mount Rushmore, I would, be, I would be remiss if we didn't take a pit stop looking at the NCAA men's bracket because we do have the Final Four coming up this weekend. Not just any Final Four, by the way. It is Coach K's final weekend coaching basketball. But in addition, it will be the first time in the history of the NCAA tournament that we will see Duke in North Carolina face off. What better way mm-hmm. to end Coach K's saga and rivalry with North Carolina than in the final four?
2: Especially, Sean, after UNC uh, ruined Coach K's uh, last home game of the season. There you uh, go. Uh, uh-huh. So, yeah. yeah, this is what they literally only could have dreamed of.
0: The- it is. You couldn't write this.
1: No. And I want to mention this, too. Like, he. Everyone forgets he beat Arkansas you know, back in the 90s when he won one of his first national titles. Now he's facing UNC. It's like almost a trip down memory lane mm-hmm. before he reaches national. It's like a, it, it's honestly like a, it couldn't have been written better. Like, oh, it's yeah. not a root for Coach K at this point. Like, I, Do I want to see Paulo Benchero for longer? Yes, selfishly. Yeah. Also, I want to see Coach K go out there and win another
0: one. That'd be great. Yeah, 100%. All right, real quick. Who do you guys have winning the Final Four this weekend? Who is going to be the national champion? Of, of, of the, uh, NCAA.
1: Mm, you go first, Troy. Nova. Nova. Ah, I like that. I like that. I was going to do Nova and Duke squaring off. I'll take, uh, I'll take Duke. I already kind of alluded to it. Last. I'll just go just because of the storyline. It'd be great. Yeah. But Jay Wright, think... if he got a third one, got to talk about him more yeah. often.
0: People I think, him. I think it will be Duke and Nova. I think it will be the, the old guard versus the new guard. But I think I think uh, Apollo Bonchero will will rule the weekend. And I think Duke will ultimately finish Coach K's career for the national championship
1: banner. I remember when Jared Culver came out and he won. uh he won the national title and he went in the draft and now you don't really know what he's doing now. He's on the Minnesota Timberwolves or wherever he's at. And now you look, do you think Paulo winning the national title will just like boost? Obviously his draft stock just through the roof. Not that that's a bad thing. It could. Well, happen very well. It's kind of like
0: I, I was listening to the, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, the mismatch with, uh, with Kevin O'Connor. Um, and it's kind of the thing of like, man, it's awesome to see Paulo come alive in the tournament. Like, where was this all year? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, it's like, you know, and, and, like, don't get me wrong. I get it. It's college, you know, coach K it's a hard system. You're growing. You're probably becoming more confident as the season goes on, all that kind of stuff that can't fly in the NBA. I mean, we're seeing it right now in Miami with the situation with the heat, that type of taking games off mentality. Like I, that's why I get real Michael Beasley vibes from, from Paolo Boncero, and I and I don't mean that he's going to have the career of Michael Beasley, but he has the very similar type mm-hmm. of situation coming out of college to me, where it's yeah,
1: like people, people forget about Michael Beasley coming yeah. out of college. Like he was, yeah, coming
0: like, out of college, he was supposed to be a star. Like yes. him and Derrick Rose are supposed to be like it was like you really couldn't go wrong picking the uh, picking either one. It was supposed to be the two future stars of the league. It was how that how that draft was booked, and then Kansas
2: State Wildcat.
0: Mm-hmm. But like the thing is, is that it, you know, it was it was the character issues. It was the thing off the court. It wasn't being focused every single day. Like that's those are the things that could be in Paulo's way. And I'm not I'm not making any assumptions that that's who right. he is or that's what that's what's going to happen. But like he has that kind of ceiling and he has that type of floor and floor and ceiling type of thing to me. So I just I I really just want to see I want to see him be. I, I really just want to see him be this all the time. That's yeah. really all I want.
2: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if he's this all the time, I think he has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. But if he's not, I, I think your Beasley uh, comparison could be accurate. Could be.
0: Could be. Yeah. I, I, and again, I'm I, I'm talking as far as like the way they like to play, the style of basketball, but also just with the talent ceiling that they have. Like the like like I'm comparing him to the prospect Michael Beasley, not not the current Michael Beasley who's in the big right. three, and you know. <clears throat> is probably on mad amounts of drugs, but all respect to Michael Beasley. Hashtag draft the cocaine. Anyway, on that note, (laughs) on that note, Troy, uh, it is time to take a journey from one mountain, you know, the, the cocaine mountain to Mount Rushmore and Troy.
1: I like this mountain.
0: It is a good mountain. It is a great mountain. (laughs) uh, This one doesn't have illegal things on it. It's, uh, It's nice. Yeah. And then we always get to talk hoops on this one. And Troy, you have something fun planned for us this week. What are yeah, we talking I do. about today?
2: And I'll tell you a little bit background of how I came to it. Well, I, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, March Madness, unranked teams making it. And a lot of those guys on unranked teams are, well, unranked players going out of high school into the college uh, stage. And uh, we kind of see something a little similar when it comes to the NBA of uh, undrafted players coming to the league and making tremendous impact. Uh, the second round is deep these days. And maybe one day in the future we can do a a Mount Rushmore of second round picks. But today Mm -hmm. we're going to do a Mount Rushmore of undrafted NBA players. What players? Well, who is the best undrafted players of all time who have played in the NBA? Uh, That is what we're trying to figure out today. So, uh, would anyone like to go first for their number one?
0: Hi, I'll go first. Go Um, ahead, Mister Murphy. I'm going to go on a limb on this one. I'm going to go with the only undrafted player to ever make the hall of fame. I was okay. I was, you took
1: the one
0: right. <laughs> I listen, I it's it is Ben Wallace. There is no Mount Rushmore of undrafted players where he's not the pinnacle of it. Being the first and only undrafted player to be in the Hall of Fame. Multiple time Defensive Player of the Year award winner. Uh paint dominant presence just Everything that that you would want in an NBA player, everything that you would look for out of an undrafted player and uh, a guy that that broke the mold and, um, you know, really uh, set up an incredible career for himself. He's got to be on that list.
1: And can Mark. I can I get some love to, to Van Fleet? My man Van Fleet, undrafted. Ooh, Fred Van Fleet. Uh, he's, gonna he's, gonna
2: he's gonna be mine. He's gonna be mine too. Jeff.
1: All right, good. Another guy that's undrafted needs some recognition. I love his story, man, and what he's doing in 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 uh, Toronto. Just with the guy is uh, he does look like Drake. Let's get that out the way. He does look like Drake, but uh-huh. at the same time, for his size and what he's able to do, he's balling, man. He deserved that big contract he got. So I got to go, Fred Van Fleet. Ben Wallace was my first one, but yeah, got to shout out Van Fleet.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm going to go next. Uh, I'm going to take a, a a trip to champion lane and that's going to be Bruce Bowen of the San Antonio mm-hmm. Spurs. The guy oh, just man. had tremendous impact on those teams. And, uh, you know, when you when you can bring in a guy who's undrafted and obviously a Ben Wallace and, and a vet, Fred Van Fleet. So all three of the guys we've brought up so far are champions, right? And uh, for, for all of those teams to bring in a guy like, like them, Ben Wallace, Fred VanVleet, Bruce Bowen, and, and impact their team for a championship title, um, that's like literally the biggest dream come true. That, that, to me, I would argue has greater impact than your first round pick working out, right? Because this is a guy that you had, you put no investment in, but turns out to impact your team for a championship. Um, there's no story like it. So yeah. Bruce Bowen, yes, on the offensive end and defensive end, was able to, uh, to be a great role player on those Spurs teams back in the day. Well,
0: well, you say there's no story like it, and I say, to hell with that. I'm going to the other side of championship lane for this mountain, and I'm bringing Udonis Haslam to the fold. Yeah, Udonis Haslam, another undrafted player, uh, all-rookie second team, 2004, still a player that is active in the NBA, even if he doesn't play. Uh, He is still dressing for the Miami heat and he is, he is Mr. Heat culture. He like, he will he should have a statue outside of the Miami heat stadium or practice facility at some point, because he is like a pillar of the Miami heat. He's uh, you know, a guy that, you know, even, even if at, at the peak of, of, of his, of his playing days, even if he was never like this great player, He was, he is still one of the most respected NBA veterans of all time. And so this guy taking a roster spot every single year on the Miami heat, he does so for a reason. And it's because he's a cornerstone of what they're doing at all times. He is the Mm -hmm. Miami heat.
2: Yeah. And yeah, to your point, not just a guy who's been in the league since 2003, but a guy who has been on the same team since 2003. You don't see like, that. Anymore. I was in kindergarten mm-hmm. in 2003. You know, like it's just – it's incredible that he's been on this team for so long. Like Every season of that team's roster, Dwayne Wade, the LeBron James, the Jimmy Butler, he was there for it. it yep. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: Back to the Shaq days too. Shaq, oh, yeah. baby. Yeah. There for all mm-hmm. of them. And can I get an honorable mention? Can we go throw J.J. Barrera in there? Yeah. Oh, JJ yeah. yeah. two thousand eleven champion. Can. Listen, for his size, he's about the same. I mean, I'm I'm six foot, he's five ten, but still one eighty soaking wet. Now he's a champion. Obviously, you talk about role player. That's that's the reason why these guys are able to play such long careers. Mm-hmm. They accept the role and they play the role to exactly. the greatest of their ability. And JJ Brero did just that. So shout out to JJ Brera, undrafted. Yeah.
0: Can I throw in one more honorable mention?
2: Go ahead. Oh yeah.
0: Jeremy Lin. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Ashton,
2: shout out to Ashton.
1: Shout, oh, to Ashton. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, shout out to shout Ashton. yeah. Shout out to Ashton. Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's got to be. He, he he's just he, uh, you know the the Lin sanity era mm-hmm. was was one that you know we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. It was uh it was a, it was a memorable week and a half, man. It's, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it was, it was incredible. Um, also
1: it was a great week and a half. That was yeah, it was a win great win. week and a half. That's yeah. really
0: what it was. It was yeah. an awesome week and a half. <laughs> uh, but it it, he, yeah, I mean, he had a career beyond that, but still, um, also apparently, uh, at the buzzer here from half court, uh, apparently, uh, looks like Evan Mobley might've just gotten injured. Ooh. And so. Uh, I am looking more into that as we speak, but it's looking like uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers season could be in question as uh, Evan Mobley has apparently gone down it yeah. with an injury. Apparently, it's a sprained left ankle. So, yeah. um, fingers crossed, thoughts and prayers. But, guys, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they
2: can't catch a break. No, they really can't. They really at, can't. At
1: the worst possible time Yep. Yeah. Yeah. right mm-hmm. before the postseason right before the guy clearly i mean you talked about it sean i wouldn't be surprised if he won rookie of the year like what a time to lose at least lose a yeah. guy like that it's big time I, yeah. i'm not gonna sit here and crap on evan mobley as much as we love the kate cunningham yeah. he's still a tremendous player he pray for yeah. his health and, and all that stuff but again like it is what it is that's the name of the game i mean injuries yeah. happen at the worst
0: time mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And well, that injury that injury might not have might not have happened at the best time but yeah. there might not be a better time to subscribe to the from half court podcast and YouTube yeah. channel, because each and every week we are taking over the mother NBA game. Yes, With sir. This her. NBA podcast, NBA content, everything happened on this channel. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, rate us on whichever podcast service that you like you weirdo. And also be sure to tell your friends and join in the conversation down below in the comments as well as on Twitter. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you to Jeff. To my guy Troy, and we will catch you next time from half court. Sure to subscribe.